an amazing God this morning. Come on, whether you're watching online or physically in this building today, God is amazing. He's loved us in an amazing way. And come on, let's give him the amazing love that he deserves. Let's love on him lavishly this morning. God, you are amazing. You loved us with such a great love that while we were yet sinners, you sent your son to die for us. What an amazing love. You're an amazing God that you deserve amazing love. And Father, we just lavish you with that today. We honor you with that today. We give you everything today. We bring our lives. We bring our offerings of worship and praise today. We bring our sacrifice today. We bathe you in offerings and the fruits of our lips today because you're so deserving of it. God, you are God all by yourself. We appreciate you. We love you. We honor you. We adore you. Father, whether it's in this office building, in a physical church location, or in our home, Father, such a privilege to wake up and give you the glory that is due unto your name. And now as we go forth in this service today, we've taken time to lift up your holy name. We understand and know that when we lift you up, Father, we, we draw your presence closer to us. And it literally becomes less of us and more of you. We decrease simply because you have increased in this place. And so, Father, as we share your word about love today, Father, may it just engulf all of our hearts today. May we not just be hearers only, but doers of that which we'll hear today so that ultimately you can receive all the glory from your children living out the example that you've given us on how love truly looks. Father, we believe you for a dynamic anointing today to rest on your, your word. We know it's present. To rest on your people to liberate and remove and destroy all burdens and yokes. Rest on me to deliver your word today. And not one person will walk out of here the same. Father, we'll give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. You can do a little bit better than that. Everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Why don't you find someone to love on today and just uh, cross the aisles if you need to. Whatever you need to do today. We know the weather is bad outside, but the glory is strong on the inside. Praise God. I want to thank you all for braving the weather conditions to be physically present in the building today. You know, we're from the north, so, uh, or Midwest, and so we would be out playing football or something today as a kid in this kind of weather. Uh, this wouldn't slow down anything, uh, but we in the South, it's a little different, and people don't, don't drive as well and need to be a little bit more cautious. And so we respect the decision uh, that the Marietta Performing Arts Center made in shutting down that building. It's always better to err on the side of caution. Amen. How many of y'all agree with that? Always better to err on the side of caution. And so uh, thank God for technology. Can we just lift our hands up and thank God for technology because we can still salvage the morning 
through technology. I want to welcome everyone watching via Periscope Live or Facebook Live. Uh, God bless you. Good to see you. Give me a little pound or something. Uh, hit the little pound emoji. Uh, let us know that you're out there praying hands or whatever you decide to do just to let us know that you're out there. And so today we're going to conclude our series uh, entitled Grow. And really, uh, it has become, and I've made it the gold standard of living for my life. Uh, this is it for me. It's these eight graces that I want to master and make sure that they are exemplified in my life in such a way that I'm not talking about them, but they're actually, uh, people notice it in your life. And so uh, today we're going to talk about how to grow in love. In our introduction, you can follow along whether you're watching, again, live or physically in this service. The Version Bible app has all of these notes downloaded right in it. Go to the events section, just punch in Linked Up Church, and you can follow along right along with us right there through the notes. And so in our introduction, we've noted throughout this series that growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ involves the development of a Christ-like character. I believe that God sent his son to die for us to give us character. Do you all believe that? So that ultimately we can look like his son. And so it's really a development that requires diligence. I mean, I can't lay hands on you and you get this. It's going to require effort and energy on our part. Uh, Letter B, a character that includes eight graces that are working together. We learned that that word add means in conjunction with each other or in spiritual harmony. So it really doesn't matter the order as much as at some point they're manifested in all of our lives. But because he put them in a particular order, I think the order is something we should pay attention to. And we've been kind of following along with the order that the Scripture has laid out. And then letter B or letter C, this Christ-like character is developed up through these eight graces that we've been talking about. Number one is building on faith. And so that's important. The project starts with faith. Today, it'll end with love. Isn't that just like God, right? Because faith works by what? It works by love. And so it's the development or building on faith. Number two is striving for excellence. Once we find out what it is that we're believing for, what God's word says, then we want to strive for excellence in that area. And then increasing in knowledge. Number three, begin to expand our knowledge base around what it is that we're believing for, and then controlling yourself. Look at your neighbor or look at the screen and say, learn how to control yourself. Now, how many of us adults, we're all learning this? Oh, you all going to make it tough for me today. How many of this is an ongoing process? Whether it's food, whether it's people, you know, a lot of times we kind of limit that to to sex or something like that. How I many know it's way beyond that? You know, food can be a real issue. Okay, all right. We already covered that. Bearing up under trials, we learned that that's perseverance. Seeking to please God, I, I can tell you, you need to be delivered from pleasing people. Because on your best day, <laughs> you can't please everybody. And you got to be okay with that. You've got to learn how to be okay with that. And if you believe you did your best before God, then trust me, God is pleased. And if God is pleased, then you should be pleased regardless of how people respond. And then number seven, love, loving the brethren or brotherly kindness. Folks, God wants Linked Up Church to be a family. Not just a group of people that attend the building. We have nothing to do with each other until I see you again on next week. 
right? He wants us to be a family where we treat each other good. If I'm just being transparent, you know, I worked for Ford Motor Company for five years. I was literally treated better by heathens than in a lot of times I've seen in church. And we need to reverse that. We need to treat each other better than we treat the world. And that's going to require practice. That's going to require effort, revelation on our part. We're going to get there, folks. Linked up church will be the family that God has called it to be, where we look out for each other. When one hurts, we all hurt. When one's rejoicing, we're all rejoicing. When one has a need, we rush to the aid of that individual. We look out for each other. And then today, this spiritual construction project is not complete without the addition of love. So love serves as the epitome of Peter's list of graces, which must be something special because in most texts, it's exalted above all other graces. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. Let's look at a few texts. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. When you get there, say amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now abides faith hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is what? Love. In this context, that Greek word there is agape. And then in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, turn there very quickly, you'll see it's the first fruit of the Spirit that is mentioned. Galatians 5, 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And you can almost say that it's love that gives birth to all the other ones. You've got to have love first to give birth to joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. But it's got to start with love. And so the fruit of the Spirit introduces us as the first and most important topic, which is love. Go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 14. We know Colossians chapter 3, that entire chapter Linked up church calling comes out of that chapter. And it's interesting that right in the middle of this, he put in this verse here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. He says, but above all these things, put on what? Love. That word put on there means as a garment. Now, again, I live with two ladies who are very fashion conscious. And, and you know, outfit is not complete, ladies. Help me out in here. Right? It's not complete if the shoes are not right. Okay, so stick a hand up. Give me a pound online. Put the pound emoji on there. But, but am I right or wrong? Uh, 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 she will look at the whole outfit, and if the shoes are not right, she's got to change the outfit. Am I right, Tonette? Right? And so what God is saying, you can have all of that other stuff. But above all of that, make sure the best piece of your garment is love. Make sure you put that on. The best piece of garment that you have on is love. And then look at what he says here, which is the bond or the glue of perfection or completeness. It's what completes the outfit. The outfit, the garments are not complete if you don't have on love. Right? I mean, a person can be cute as I don't know what until they open up their mouths. Come on, ladies. Don't leave me out there, right? Boy, they can be fine as I don't know what. But if they act ugly, they don't look as good anymore. Right? And vice versa. You can see a female gorgeous. 
until you see that attitude. And then the attitude can take away really how beautiful the young lady is. Right? So this is the glue that completes us at the end of the day, folks. I don't want to be a church that's known by money, that's known by possessions, that's known by uh, what we have. Look at our location. Forget all of that, folks. If they don't know us by our love, all we're doing is making noise. Let's look at the definition of love. Four points I want to make today. Number one, the definition of love. Right up underneath that, you'll see letter A. The Greek word is agape. So mostly every text that I'll use today, the complimentary text will use the word agape. I'll tell you where it uses agapeo, and you'll understand the reason why it's inserted in the text. So this is one of four Greek words that are translated love in the New Testament. The first one is philia, which is the love of close friends or brothers. And prayerfully, we all have close friends that we truly love and siblings that we truly love. The next one is storge. That is the love of family. Preferably, we all have family that we love. But the goal is if we don't, then let's create that right here at Linked Up Church, right? Where we can literally say with sincerity, I've got as much love with my church family as I've ever had in my life. We can do that. We can create that. Number three, eros, which is a carnal or sensual love. And I thank God that I'm still in eros with my wife. I'm still carnal. How many of y'all know I fell in lust with her first? Then it grew into love. Come on, I'm just being honest. I'm being a male for you. A male will see a female, and his, the way he deduces that is, can I be with her? Then I'll get to know her. See all these scared men in here today. I don't know no real man that said her intelligence brought me to the table first. I don't know one. It's usually physical attraction. Then after I get to know her, her intelligence and everything else just adds to that. But I'll be honest with you. I fell in arrows first. I said, that's a woman I could be with the rest of my life. And I'm still in arrows with her. I don't ever want to fall out of arrows with her. It's a sensual, lustful love that, that makes me want to. Back to the text. And then there's agape. Agape is the highest form. That's a love which seeks the highest good of others. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's a love that seeks the highest good of others. And I'm telling you, this one I thought last week challenged me, but I'm equally as challenged this week because in reality as human beings, there's no other way we can do this but by revelation and a relationship with God. If we look at people, there's no way we can operate in agape because we're really looking at them through the lenses of our own souls. We're not seeing people the way they are. We're seeing people the way we are. And so we've got to go beyond that if we're going to love them the way God wants them to be loved, which is the way that he loved us. And so letter B, this is a higher form. A lot of people say, well, what's the difference? I used to say that too, between brotherly kindness and agape love. Well, let me just give you some practical things here, four practical things. It does not depend upon the one being loved as having earned such love. 
So if you think about it, like in a, a marriage or, or if you're building a friendship towards marriage, usually we treat each other the way the other person treats us, period. So if they don't speak to us, I'm not speaking to you. You don't want to see me, I don't want to see you. You didn't respond to my text. When you text me, I'm not responding to your text. Come on, y'all. Come on, don't leave me out here. Am I right or wrong? You didn't call me back when I called you? Now, you're going to wait a little while. So it does not depend upon the one being loved as having earned such love. It's not exclusive love for brothers only or or what we talked about with brotherly kindness, but it's an all-embracing benevolence. So it's a love that says, I'm not checking to see whether or not you're saved or not to love you. Right? Because church can get very clicky. Right? Even as pastors, you know, someone comes in for help, check their giving record. Do they give? Have they taken any classes yet? Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying it. Right? Well, at the end of the day, folks, maybe they don't know to do all of those things. And all they need right now is someone to love on them. It's not an emotional reaction of the heart, but a concentrated exercise of the will. So, in other words, I know what God said. I have a greater desire to obey God than whatever this situation might make me look like. I remove my emotions from that process. And number four, it's a caring love, one which actively seeks the goodwill of others. It has this ability to say, you know what? I'm going to set myself aside for a moment, and I'm going to actively pursue what's best for you, not for me in this moment. That's agape, folks, when it can set itself aside and do what's uh, in the best interest of someone else. Number two, it's best exemplified by the father and the son. So let's look at, because they're always going to be our standards. If you try to measure love by what you see other people do, you're going to miss the mark every single time. If your example is a human being, you're going to come up short every single time. Whoever it is that you think is so developed in their love walk, If you hang around them consistently, you're going to see that they're not as developed as you think they are. So your example has to be God and it has to be Jesus. Let's look at both of those. Let's look at God the Father first. Let's look at how God the Father demonstrated agape love. Number one, his love for sinners is completely undeserved by them. Go with me to Romans chapter 5. His love for sinners is completely undeserved undeserved by them. It doesn't even sound right in church. Folks, we've got to learn how to love sinners better. Doesn't even sound right, does it? We've got to learn how to love sinners better. God is sending us to Powder Springs to find all the sinners and love on them lavishly. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, how did God demonstrate his love for us is while we were at our worst, 
he decided to be at his best. Why is it that when people are at their worst, we want to come up with reasons for why they're at, if they would pray more, if they would go to church, if they would give, folks, we got to get out of all of that and say, you know what, they're at their worst, they need to see God at his best through my life. We got to learn how to love sinners better than we do. Means we got to be a blessing to places that, that, that don't know God, proclaim that they hate God, hello somebody, don't want nothing to do with God, and we bless them real good. And after we bless them real good, we just leave. Number two, it's naturally, naturally his love is called great. Go with me to... Ephesians chapter 2, let's read verses 4 through 7. We're talking about agape love, folks. Naturally, his love is called great. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, but God. Man, I always love those two verses right there, but God. I want to encourage somebody watching online. I want to encourage somebody in this building. When you really know how much God loves you, he is unwilling to leave you in the situation that you are in. Oh, I need a better amen than that. I'm talking about if you are physically sick, he said, you know what? Before sickness ever hits your body, I already provided a solution for you through the death, burial, and resurrection of my son. God loves you so much, he was not willing to leave you broke. He's not willing to leave your marriage in shambles. He's not willing to leave your kids out there running around. Come on, somebody. But God, I don't care what you're going through right now. There is a but God waiting on you on the other side because God's love is that rich. His love is that good. And if you'll let him love you the way he wants to love you, he'll turn your situation around and you will never, ever know that you had been in it because his love is just that great. It says, but God who is rich in mercy, I'll take that right there. I have not gotten what I deserved. Am I the only one in this building? I have not gotten what I deserved because he's abundant in mercy. Why? Because of his great love there, agape with which he loved us, right? Even when we were dead in trespasses. Come on, let's go back a little bit to go forward. Come on, I can remember when I didn't want nothing to do with God. Come on, I can remember when I tell somebody, hey, don't bring that around me right now. I'm not, I don't want nothing. To, come on, I can remember when, when, when sin was as normal as riding a bicycle. As normal as chewing gum. Come on, you know what it means to be dead in sin? That means you're not trying to be right. That's right. Amen. Am I, oh, I, that's right. I forgot. Most of you all were saved from your mother's womb. <laughs> Jumped out the womb praying in other tongues. Right? And been praying three hours a day since birth. I didn't come up like that, folks. I know what it's like to be dead in sin. Right. I'm talking about that boy so lost, leave him alone and just let him die. While I was like that, God was loving me. Come on, somebody. You know, I can look back and see that he was still protecting me even when I didn't know him. I got out of situations that I can look back now and say only God could have got us out of that situation. Come on, I know what it's like for somebody to be on your porch with a 38, five steps from your front door, unload the whole clip, and not one bullet hits you, your mother, or your brother. 
come on, folks. I believe an angel was right there because God had a plan and a purpose and a call on my life. Come on, folks. I wasn't the only one dead in sin. He's providing for me when I didn't deserve to be provided for. So even when we were dead in sin, look what he did. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Come on, if you've been saved, why don't you lift up your hands right now and just thank God for so great a salvation. Come on, because he could have left you out there. You can, I don't want to think about what my life would be like if I was still out there. At the pace that I was going, I don't want to think about 30 years later at that pace where I would be. But by grace. I wasn't good enough to deserve this. He was good enough. Because he was good, he said, I'm going to make you good. Then he raised us up together, folks. You are not some low life just barely making by. You are seated at the right hand of God the Father as a king and a priest and a queen that God has made you. You are way up, whether physically your life says that, whether your zip code says that. Listen, God made you that way, and if you'll see yourself that way, your life will be able to look like what he actually already made you. He brought you way up. Somebody say, he brought me way up. Come on, even physically, it might not look like that, but I know where I, I'm at in him. Come on, somebody say, he brought me way up. Uh, see yourself the way he sees you, glory to God. He brought you way up. He raised you up together and made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, all God wants to do is be kind to you and merciful to you and love you for the rest of your life. Amen. You can't walk around here talking about you don't deserve that when God is not based off of what you deserve. It's based off of his character and who he is. Amen. And when you begin to receive that, you get out of your feelings and you get out of yourself, and you begin to want to get away from all the stuff that you know is not pleasing to him, because even while you're doing it, he still loves you so much. And for that, folks, I will forever be grateful. God didn't wait on me to get my life together to use me. God uses me while I'm getting my life together. Oh, man. Y'all, y'all, come on. I, I need, come on, somebody help me. He didn't say, when you get here, then I'll do this for you. He said, no, I'm going to do this for you right now to help you get there. That's agape, folks. Agape is not waiting on other people to be a certain way before it can love them. It's saying, I'm going to love you and help you be the way that I need you to be. Watch this. Now, you, you got to be mature to receive this part of it. But if you never become that, it's not going to change my love. Two good amens in here. Three good amens. That's so good. Just hug yourself and say, God loves me so much, I got to give myself a hug right now. When you get this, folks, I'm, now listen, I love the way my wife loves me, and I pray that she loves the way I love her. But we cannot love each other the way I'm describing this love to you. 
We can keep working towards this for the rest of our lives, but we'll never, ever be able to match what God has done for us, for each other. Are you all listening out there? When you understand that, it takes the pressure off of her to be something she can never be in my life. And it takes the pressure off of me to be something I can never be in her life. Hallelujah. God, the son, demonstrated agape love. Let's look at Jesus. Go with me to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. How did he do that? He laid down his life for us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, by this we know love. See, so, so often I used to use that as an excuse. I grew up without a father, so I don't know what it's like to be loved by a male. And I would use that as an excuse. And the reason I act the way that I act is because I didn't have a father. And come on, somebody. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? And everything would go back to what I didn't have as the justification for the way that I I treat women and girls the way that I treat them because I've never seen a healthy relationship in my life. Everything was an excuse and a justification until I learned this. And no one can ever say that they they don't know love if they know Jesus. Because to know Jesus is to know love. And then what you begin to do is say, you know what? My natural father couldn't have never done that for me. And you begin to gravitate towards what's greater than the natural things that you have in your life. Look at 1 John 3.16. By this, we know love, ganasco, we experience it. We, We are without excuse. Because he laid down his life for us, oh, then we ought to also lay down our lives for our brethren. You know what the word lay down means? He was willing to set his life aside so that you could have a better life. Amen. Now, the key is, can we grow to a place where as a husband, will I set my life aside so that my wife and children can have a better life, right? As as an employer, as a boss, can I grow to the place where I want Tanette and and Minister Joe and Minister Johnny and and, 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 what's the light-skinned, handsome young man's name back there? Minister Vinny, that's my man back there, right? And all the rest of the people, can I grow to a place, listen to me, where I want their lives to be better? than even mine was. See, I've learned now, it's a lower level to say that when I came in, I, nobody did that for me. When I came in, nobody, and I did. And see, that's all about me. This is all about God. God raised me up to give people better than what I had. That's a great leader that'll lay himself aside. So that the people in his organization can do better than what he doing. He did. There is no greater love. Go with me to John chapter 16. There is no greater love. Will a father lay his life aside so that his children can have a better life than what he had? That's all we're talking about here. See, will small group leaders lay their lives aside so that the people in their group can experience a better life? I'm not telling you this is easy, folks, but I'm telling you it's worth it if you get a revelation of it. You just think about what he did for you 
Can you do that for somebody else? There is no greater love. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no man than this. Greater agape has no man than this. Than to lay down one's life for his what? Didn't say for his wife. Didn't say for his children, right? We'll at least make that attempt in those areas. Can we develop a love that will be this way towards friends? Remember, I was challenged during the natural disaster in Miami, Florida. And a friend of mine that I coached in high school called and said, we're going to be in town. Two of them and six kids. He didn't ask at that time, but how you know most people don't call and tell you I'm be in town unless something is coming behind that. And so I called my wife and I said, babe, we need to kind of be ready. I think that uh, uh, family's going to want to stay with us. And your know, husband and wife, she knew him, six kids. And um, sure enough, we got that call. Now, how many know you're getting ready to learn about agape? Because <laughs> my two kids are already giving me fits. You add six more to my two. Yes, sir. See, see, you, nobody in here wants to. Come on, two, give them two, right? Eight. And now watch this dynamic. Teenage girls got a teenage boy in the house. Who he's like any other 15-year-old teenage boy. I know y'all think because he's our son. No, he's normal. Just go back to when you were 15. I can tell you what I thought about all the time. Kissing somebody. Now you got somebody upstairs, down. You got all kind of dynamics going on in here. Right? And what it will take is for you to say, hey, man, I don't know what this feels like for them. But what we can do is lay ourselves aside for as long as they need us to and make this time that they're staying with us enjoyable. And so we decided, thank God for a wonderful wife. Listen, I I know everyone should feel that way about their wives, but I'm telling you, I think I have the best one in the United States of America. She cooked for them. The house stayed clean. She made special desserts for them. We wouldn't let them spend a penny the entire time. And it's interesting that we were out to eat. I'm only sharing this with you because at some point in your life, if you're going to develop in this, it's going to require you to get out of yourself and lay yourself aside to help somebody else for a season. Make a long story short because I've got to get on with this message. It's interesting that at the end of all of that, his response at a restaurant was, you didn't do this because you're a pastor. You did this because you're a Christian. Nothing more blessed me than to hear that. Now you're talking about a family that wants to relocate and move their entire family to Atlanta. This is why I believe not to to come to a church, but to experience love. At some point, if you're going to develop this, you have to be uncomfortable. The necessary component of our Christian life, number three, necessary component of our Christian life. Let's come on down the home stretch. Necessary component of our 
Christian life. Necessary component. It is the atmosphere, number one, of the Christian life. You hear a lot of times musicians and different people, what kind of atmosphere do we want to create? What is the atmosphere of Linked Up Church? Let me tell you what kind of atmosphere it should be. It should be an atmosphere of love. When people come in here, can they sense the love of God from the time they come through the front door to the time they come in the building to the time they walk back out the back door to the parking lot? Can they sense love in the atmosphere where they walk away saying that I don't know if I've ever been in an environment where I felt so loved from the time I walked in to the time that I walked out. That is the atmosphere linked up church that God wants to create is an atmosphere of love. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. The atmosphere of the Christian life is that we walk in love. I feel like slapping them, but I'm going to bless them. Come on, we got to be real, right? We got to be human beings, right? They deserve to be slapped right now. I'm going to treat them to lunch. Come on. (laughs) I want to just, I don't know what I want to do right now, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk in love. That's the atmosphere, folks. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God. See, it's God and he sees us as children. As dear children, and walk in love, oh, as Christ has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God. You should underline to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So what he did for us, he did it unto God, and we benefited from it. Did you catch that? You've got to learn how to... Get your feelings out of this and say, I'm going to do this unto God and just let them benefit from it. However you think it makes you look, because most of the time for us, what we're saying, I don't want to look weak. I don't want to look like somebody trying to run all over me. I don't want to reward bad behavior. But God's been rewarding bad behavior in your life, your whole saved life. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Online. Just tap amen right there. Anything right now that says you agree with that, all our saved life, he's been rewarding bad behavior and long-suffering, <laughs> believing that there would be a day where we would go from bad behavior to good behavior. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ loved us. He gave himself for us, an offering, a sacrifice, watch this, to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. God said, what you did for them out of a heart towards me is like incense coming up in my nostrils. And Every time, folks, we do for people what we think they don't deserve, we light that candle, and it brings up incense before God the Father, and we're acting just like Jesus. You need to get an image of the person that has hurt you the worst. All right, let me keep going because I I saw fists tighten up. I I saw eyebrows go in like this, which is a natural response, right, until you develop this in your heart, right? You all going to see us do some things for some people that you think, you know, I can tell you this now, no one has ever done anything to hurt me. 
See, love has helped me see it that way. If I got hurt, that's because I got in my feelings. But when you understand God's love, nobody can hurt you. Because there's nothing that they can do to you that will take you outside of the love of God that he has for you. I can look back in now and say, thank God for those individuals. Oh, how they blessed me to be who I am today. God, give me opportunities to demonstrate gratefulness and gratitude and thankfulness for them blessing me forward. Glory to God. The atmosphere, folks, of our Christian life. Number two, it's the garment of the Christian life. We read that. Put on love. Colossians 3.14. But above all these things, put on love. It's the glue that completes us. Number three, it's the motive of our Christian service. It's the why behind what we do. Why do you do what you do? Everything should be done with love and for love. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 Let's read verses 13 and 14. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14 says, Watch, be alert, pay attention, stand fast in the faith, hold your ground, be brave, be strong. King James Version says, Quit like men, quit you like men, or behave like men. Let all that you do be done with what? Love. That's agape, folks. So that's whether I'm setting up this camera, I'm going to set it up with love. If I'm playing instruments, I'm going to play the instruments with love. If I'm taking pictures, I'm going to take pictures with love. Not because people deserve it, simply because that's God. That's who he is in my life. It's the why behind. It's the motive. Number four, the glue of Christian unity. Go with me to Colossians chapter 2, and let's read verses 1 and 2. We're knit together in love, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in love. Colossians chapter 2, 1 and 2. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in agape, and attaining to all the riches of the full insurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Number five, it is the Christian liberty. Through love, we serve one another. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to freedom. Only do not use your liberty or freedom as an opportunity to the flesh, but through love, serve one another. You are free to serve and love should be the motivation behind why you serve. And let's close with how is this developed. The development of love. Now, like anything else, anytime like last week, anytime I teach on a subject uh, like brotherly uh, kindness, it's interesting what people do. They begin to go through scenarios. What I mean by that is, Pastor, I received that, but what if somebody does this? What should I do? Right? And so what I want to help you all understand, if you're going to base choices on human experience, you can never grow in these things. Amen. Are you all listening? Amen. Because you can give a scenario for everything instead of, instead of just accepting truth. That's right. 
Are you all listening? That's so important, right? You can sit there and say, what I'm getting ready to share, you can create a scenario that says, well, what if I do this, but the other person does that? Agape, folks, has nothing to do with what the other person does or how they respond. Simply who you are. All right, everybody with me on that? Right, you come up with a thousand scenarios to justify why you, why you don't want to grow in it, or you can accept it as true and say, let me begin to work on this, not based off of who other people are, how they respond, simply because this is who I want to be. All right, everybody got that? So let the Father teach you is the most important thing. You've got to go back to the Father and say, Father, in this situation, teach me what unconditional agape love looks like in this scenario. Because each situation is going to be different. So if you go in based off of what the other person did, you're going to end up treating a person who's really never done anything to deserve what you're getting ready to bring to them. You're going to treat them that way based off of what someone else did in the same scenario. I can tell you I've been guilty of that. Past experience will flood your brain, and you'll miss out on something beautiful that's sitting right in front of you. So you've got to let the Father teach you. How? By virtue of his character, not yours. Go with me to 1 John chapter 4. God is love. Joel is love. Larry is love. I like that. Larry love. <laughs> when you're from Detroit, that's sweet Larry love over there. That just rolled out right. Larry Love. Pop your collar over there and dust the, the, the dust off your shirt. Patricia Love. See, if God is love, then you've got to put your name in there and say, Tonette is love. Al is love. Emmanuel is love. Just listen to his name. God with us. When Emmanuel is with us, God is with us. And if God is with us, love is with us. Come on, somebody. Johnny Love in the building. Johnny Walker Love in the building. Come on, I am Johnny Walker Love. I'm in here. <laughs> Look at 1 John chapter 4, 7, and 8. God is love, beloved. Let us love one another, for love, agape, is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Come on, y'all to put your name in there. Russell is love. Come on, throw your name in there. Jermaine is love. The moment, listen to me, folks, not a negative confession. I'm learning this every day. The moment you say, Joel is love, here comes a situation. See, see that right there, we all checked out. Here comes a, because watch this, everybody say, I want to grow in this. How are you going to grow without people who challenge this? Right? It's like theologians. They study and they learn. They're never around people. So they know it in theory. 
You get around them, some of the meanest people you'll ever meet in your life. They don't want nothing to do with people. How many of y'all want to develop in this agape love? Here come a situation. And it has to be from someone close to you that can actually get to you. Kiss your wife or your husband if they're near you right now. Give them a high five, your children, all of that. Because you will have chances with people you work with. It's always going to be this close to you. Live with. Work out with. Go to school with. Play with. Sing with. Serve with. Oh, you don't want to hear this one. Go to church with. God is love. Let's look at his example. Number two, by virtue of his example, he sent his only begotten son. Look at verse 9. In this, the love of God was revealed or manifested towards us. That God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So his love was manifested or was revealed through his active goodwill towards us. It's not agape if it's not actively doing something towards someone that you think doesn't deserve it. How was it revealed? What was his example? God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him, which means we were dead. We deserve the punishment that his son took. He said, I'm going to send my son as the replacement for you so that you can live. That's maturity, folks. Look at verse 10. He sent his son to be the replacement or propitiation for our sins. Look at verse 10, same text. In this is love. I underlined this and highlighted this. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Did you all catch that? That's an important nugget there. For in this is love. Not that we loved God but that he loved us. Here's the nugget, folks. We're literally waiting on someone to be a certain way towards us before we can be that way towards them. That's not agape. God wasn't waiting on us to love him. He said, I'm going to love you. Watch this. And out of that, in return, we learned how to love him. Can you all see that? If it's agape, that's how it's going to work almost every single time. It's not dependent on what the other person brings to the equation. Simply based off of who I am, I'm going to be that regardless of whether or not they respond the way I want them to or not. Agape can keep you married forever. One yes and one amen. But both of those were like, duh. Oh, 
Like, like, yes. Amen. I'll try, Lord. But if they say one more thing sideways, I'm going to slap them in the next week and ask for your forgiveness because I, I know you're rich in grace and mercy. You love me with an everlasting love. You forgave me even before I slapped them. Come on, y'all know we pray this way, right? You knew I was going to slap them before I slapped them. Because you're sovereign, you know all things. You saw the slap coming and you allowed it. You allowed it. You could have stopped me if you wanted to. But you allowed it, therefore they deserved it. Come on, I'm just right where we're living at. Am I right or wrong? Come on, because you know how difficult this is when someone is acting a certain way. And God is calling you to respond higher. How many of y'all glad you, you made the effort to come to this office building on the day? I'm so glad you tuned in today. I know this message is for you. Don't be sending this, sharing this with somebody else. It's for all of us. Amen. Type amen. amen. Say you're preaching real good, Pastor. <laughs> Verse 10, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son to be a propitiation or a replacement for our sins. I want you to understand that. He put on his son what we deserve. Wow. Let the father teach you. Let the son teach you. Let's go through these very quickly. 1 John 3.16, by this we know love. We read it because he laid down his life. We ought to lay down our lives for our family. Folks, Linked Up Church has to sacrifice for each other. We've got to learn how to do that. I'm believing God for a day where everybody will own their houses. All members will own their houses, own their cars, and can be a greater blessing to everyone that we come in contact with. I'm believing God that we'll have a warehouse so big that we won't even be able to get all the stuff that people are going to give us from all around the world to be a blessing to people. Amen. There'll be so many washing machines and dryers and, come on, somebody, couches and bedroom sets and, come on, freezers. Come on, somebody. And when somebody hits rock bottom, linked up church is already ready to bring them right back up to the top. Let the son teach you. He laid down his life. We got to lay down our lives for each other. Number two, walk in light and in, in, in love as Christ also loved us. We read it, Ephesians 5, 2, right? Walk in love as Christ loved us, giving himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And then number three, love one another as I have loved you. See, at some point we receive it, 
We've got to give it away. 34 and 35 says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love, agape, one another, social, moral sense. Be long-suffering, patient with each other, forgiving. As I have loved you, that you love one another. Look at verse 35. By this will all men know that you are my disciples. Now you've got to grow if you have love, agape, for one another. So notice in 34, it started off with agapeo in the social moral sense by forgiving each other, being long-suffering, looking over the wrongdoings and mistakes of each other, right? And we grow past that to where we get to a place where, you know what, now it's just agape. This is just who I am. What can I do to be a blessing to you? All right? What have we talked about? When I was in Bible school, Pastor Stanley Scott was my dean. And he said, a good message, you always, you get up, you tell them what you're going to tell them. You tell them, and then you tell them what you told them. (laughs) So in conclusion today, as we've come to the end of our study, thank you, Dr. Scott, what have we learned about growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ? It requires effort. We've got to give all diligence according to 2 Peter 1, 5 and 10. It requires growth in the eight grace or eight Christ-like qualities, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. We've got to build on our faith. We've got to strive in excellence, increase in knowledge, control ourselves, bear up under trials, seek to please God, love the brethren, and walk in love. Is the effort worth it? We've got to ask ourselves, is the effort worth it? Something I always try to tell my children. If you don't spend time with God every day, you don't have a relationship with him. You just go to church. There's no way I can say I have a relationship with your mother. The only time I talk to her is on Sunday. And it's not her her talking to me. It's me talking to her. So it's not even a two-way communication. Is the effort worth it? Indeed it is. For as we grow in knowledge, God never encourages us without incentives. He said that grace and peace would be multiplied to us. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace is mercy, is favor, is kindness, peace, irony, to be set at one again, quietness, rest, prosperity. He said that these things can be multiplied in our lives. I don't know about you, but I don't have as much grace as I desire in my life. I don't have as much peace, and God is telling me all I've got to do is continue to grow, and he'll multiply it back into my life. Yes, it's worth the effort. All things pertaining to life and godliness are provided, according to 2 Peter 1, verse 3. All things, what's left after all? Nothing. So that means if it's life, then God, my Father, has already, not going to, he has already provided everything that I will need as it relates to life. Cars, homes, spouse, children. Come on, somebody. Life the way he desired for it to be lived. And all I've got to do is grow to walk in that. Life and godliness. I'll take that. Somebody say, I'll take that. We learned that spiritual amnesia can be avoided. You won't suffer memory loss, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9. We learned that you will never stumble so as to fall, 
according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. How many know if God can't keep you, you can't be kept? And he's promised you that if you'll grow in these things, there's nothing that will keep you out of all that I provided for you. And then that last one, we will have an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom. I don't know about you folks, but that's what I'm living for is to go home. I'm not living for now. I'm living to go home. God has promised that he's going to give us an abundant entrance. I don't know how you want yours to look, but I'm an athlete. I want to line up Peter, James, John. I want Jesus on the back of that line. And I want to come in there slapping low fives, working up to high fives. And when I get to Jesus, I just want a shoulder bump. I want to run full speed. Jesus! Boom! That's how I want to go in. What's up, Paul? Thanks, man, for your teachings. They helped me grow so much. Folks, is it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. But it's going to require effort on your part. So therefore, I pray that in some way this study has encouraged us to be diligent in studying, supplying these eight graces, the Christ-like character, and an ever-increasing measure in our lives. May we be mindful of Peter's final instruction. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Last thing that he says when he closes out this letter, And to him be glory both now and forever. Linked up church, whether you're watching online or physically in this service, that is my prayer for you today, is that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and that you'll spend the rest of your life in that effort with those intentions to the glory of God the Father. And may you experience an abundant entrance into his everlasting kingdom as a result of your efforts. And may you walk in all the provision of what he's already provided for you, spirit, soul, and body. May you never have a need that goes unmet for the rest of your lives. Somebody ought to receive that today. Come on, that's prayer over your life right now. Somebody ought to lift their hands and receive that. May you ever, never have a, a need that goes unmet. Not because you're good, but because God is good. And all you had was a desire to continue to grow in him. And so, Father, while we're in an attitude of prayer today, and thank you for the growth series, Father. Thank you for the challenge in my personal life, and I pray that this challenge to everyone else. Father, for me, it is the gold standard of living. I will keep this before my eyes for the rest of my life. You died so that I could walk in that, Father. That will take care of everything else in this life. And so whether you're physically in this building today or you're watching uh, online, whichever one, I want to extend an invitation to you today. I want to invite you to, to come and be a part of the family of God. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we have a connection card right online if you're physically in this building we're going to take you to a separate place, do nothing to embarrass you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to invite you today to become a part of that family by confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised him from the grave. 
Secondarily, if you're in this building or watching online and you've gotten away from God, a lot of churches call that being backslidden or out of fellowship. What you're saying today is, you know what, I, I just I need to get back to what I know to do. It's really repentance for the believer. Something in your thinking got off that needs to be repented from. Circle back around. God still loves you. He never left you. Rededicate your thinking. If that's you today, I want to pray with and for you. Thirdly, if you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to need this gift down the stretch. It's going to be important, praying in the Holy Ghost, other tongues. So if you're here today or you're watching online, you've never received that gift, it's as simple as asking and receiving. We can pray for you. You can receive it today. Finally, if you don't have a church home and you believe God has led you to Linked Up Church, again, online if you're local in the area.